this is Dawn Schuler, certified trainer and business consultant at the Schuler Group with the People Thrive, Companies Thrive podcast. Today's episode is the third in somewhat of a series of episodes that I've been doing on teams and the power of teams and culture, all that good stuff. Started a couple of episodes with the danger of single faceted thinking and continued with the six elements of a strengths-based culture. And today we're going to talk about positivity in teams. First of all, what's a team? Well, a team can be exactly that, something that you actually call a team. It could be a department. It could be a staff. It could be a group made up of other departments bringing in people from inter-departments to create a bigger team. I'll say more of that on the next and final episode in this series. So make sure you catch that one too. The information I'm going to share with you today comes from a book called Positivity, written by Dr. Barbara L. Fredrickson. And she's a research scientist who has done extensive research studies, data gathering, collaboration with other scientists and experts on the power of positive thinking. And there's actually a ratio. The ratio is three to one, meaning that if your positivity is three times as much as your negativity, then you're more likely to flourish, have better health, be more productive, be happier. And so the book is, is a great read. And while there's a lot of research in it, it's, it's not ponderous, it's not difficult to read. It's actually very enjoyable. But the part that I want to focus your attention on today was one of the collaborations she did with Marcial Lozada, a research scientist from Chile, who looked at what makes a good team versus eh, maybe a not so good team. And so he did tons and tons of research and then met with the author, Barbara Fredrickson, to take it even several steps further. In Lasada's research, what he did is he brought in real live corporate teams from across the world into a, a laboratory and they did their work from crafting business missions and strategic plans. And Losada and his team would sit on the other side of the one-way mirror and observe and collect data. And they were tracking three dimensions of the statements that the people in these teams would be making. One, whether the statements were positive or negative. Two, whether they were self-focused or other-focused. And three, based on inquiry, meaning asking questions, or advocacy, defending a point of view. Then later, based on independent data, Losada identified which of all those teams that they had studied could be classified as high-performing, and they were, they were about 25%. And here's what they were looking at to meet that high-performing criteria. Profitability, customer satisfaction ratings, and evaluations by superiors, peers, and subordinates. And those 25% were doing amazingly well. They were flourishing, they had profits, and they were well-regarded 
by their customers as well as internal staff. Now let's talk about the other ones. So there's about 30% who scored fairly low on all three of those business indicators. So those teams were at the bottom. So you have 25% at the top, 30% at the bottom, and then in the middle, so that's what 45% were kind of mixed. Like they might have had some positive ratings on three of those, on one or two of those criteria, but they weren't positive on all three. So they they had some success and then some not so success on on those criteria. And then he went even deeper into the data and charted every moment of those meetings and looking at how much each person on the team influenced the behavior of others. And he called this connectivity. So how attuned uh, they were to each other. And then when he divided the teams into that high, low, and mixed performance teams that we talked about, he found that the high performance teams stood out with an unusually high positivity ratio above six to one. So remember when I said, according to the research that Dr. Fredrickson had done, they found that that, that, that tipping point was three to one, so that if an individual had a positivity ratio of three to one or higher, that there'd be signs of flourishing and success and happiness. So now let's remember those high-performing teams, their positivity ratio was six to one or higher. He also noted that they had higher connectivity. They asked questions as much as they defended their own views. So remember there was one of those he was looking at the statements that people made and one of those, not criteria, but one of those facets that he was looking at was, did, were they asking questions or were they trying to defend their own, their own position? And what he found is that they were asking questions just as much as they might be defending their own views and cast their attention outward as much as inward. And then those dismal low-performing teams had far lower connectivity, asked almost no questions, and showed almost no outward focus. So that means they were very internal focused, probably I, 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 not a lot of we, or what do you think, or how about external to this team, this organization, this company, that outward focus. I bring all this up because you want to be a high-performing team. No matter, again, what your definition of that team is, your entire organization could be a team. And looking at those three business indicators, profitability, customer satisfaction ratings, and positive evaluations by superiors, peers, and subordinates, I think you can probably agree that those are pretty good indicators of a successful team. So you want a successful team. I don't think anyone's going to argue with me there. I don't think anyone's going to say, no, I don't want my team to be very successful at all. All right, so let's just go with the, the theory that everybody wants a successful team. What if one of the keys to that was increasing positivity? And part of that increasing positivity could be asking questions of others instead of this staunch defense of one's own position. An outward focus 
of not, and that goes back to that single facet thinking that I, I talked about a couple of episodes ago, but expanding your view and looking at more things than just what's right in front of you. That's where a team comes in, right? Because teams can help one another expand their thinking, expand their vision. Now, this podcast episode isn't going to be quite long enough to go into, you know, how do you increase positivity and how do you get to that ratio of three to one or six to one if you want to be one of those high-performing teams. I would really recommend you read the book. It's an excellent book, again, called Positivity by Barbara L. Fredrickson. And it goes through strategies. Now, it's written really more for the individual. It's not really a business book. Um, But it fits in, certainly with my view, of what makes a strong, efficient, profitable business or organization run well. We're all about when people thrive, companies thrive. We're about that thriving piece, not just surviving, but thriving the playing to everybody's strengths, creating that culture that's a strengths-based culture and a strengths-based workplace rather than just ho-hum, the employees are there to pick up a paycheck, do their god-awful work until they can go home, until they have to come back the next day. Hopefully nobody wants that. There are plenty of people who put up with it though. There are plenty of people who might not realize it could be different. What if your organization could be different? What if your company could be the driver of change? I've talked a lot in, in, our, in these episodes about building the workplace of the future. Because what we're used to or what our parents might have been used to doesn't really exist anymore. Those are dinosaurs. Those dinosaur companies. What we need is we need companies and organizations that aren't just going to withstand the test of time, but are going to adapt and change over time and adapt and change with, with what's going on. I'm sure you've heard of millennials and there's all of these studies, including engagement studies on how they are, it's a different demographic. They... They require things that other demographics didn't before them. They actually require being able to make an impact. 65% of millennials will take a pay cut if they felt like their position in their organization where they're working had a positive impact. They want more connection. They might demand, believe it or not, the ability to telework. They have probably a more well-rounded life than than maybe some of us older folks. I'm not that old, but I'm certainly not a millennial. Or our parents or other generations before us had. That's just an example of how the world is changing, and it's changing rapidly. To survive, your organization needs to be able to adapt. So if you haven't been putting much of a focus on things like strengths and positivity and culture and employee engagement, then what could be possible if you did? 
If you'd like to have a conversation about what that could potentially even look like for your company, please reach out to us at www.theshulergroupllc.com and let's talk about what future workplace you can create. Until next time, may you thrive.